Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher Sarah Perry. Hi, folks. This is Sarah Perry with Haven Space, and I am here with my friend George, who is um, a great friend of mine that I have met through many different avenues in life. And really, we have become very open with each other, and I have learned so much about him and his experience um, with his sexuality and with sexuality in general. And I wanted to share him and all of his wisdom with you today. So you can say hi, George. Hi. Um, so why don't you tell everyone kind of what you are into, how you define it, and uh, we'll start from there so you can use the language that you feel is most com comfortable for you. Sure. So um, I, I consider myself a cross-dresser. Um, that's a term that is used across the, across the, the transgender community, of which there are many terms, and it depends on how you identify yourself, even in the transgender community, is sometimes complicated and sometimes controversial. So I'm speaking in the context of me being someone who lives my life regularly as a male who enjoys dressing in women's clothing. Um, there are transgender people who um, would consider themselves transsexuals because they're going through hormone therapy or have already had um, sexual reassignment surgery. There are people who consider themselves sissies because they are um, typically sub very submissive and um, they, they like the role of being um, oftentimes humiliated. Um, there are people who consider themselves transvestites. There are people who consider themselves just drag performers in that they live their life as a man. They just do entertaining as a drag performer. But um, for myself, again, um, I just consider myself a cross-dresser. Okay, um, thanks for that definition. Also, of course, important to note that everyone has different definitions for themselves, use different labels and terms, and labels are supposed to be a way of um, describing and not a way of defining things. So when we come up with labels and when we share them with people, all we're trying to do is get them to kind of understand our perspective and not necessarily put us into a little box where they think that we belong. And in that token, specifically, you're talking about cross-dressing but not necessarily wanting to live your life as a woman 100% of the time. Yes? Correct. Yeah, perfect. So um, tell me about, I would, I wonder if it's better to start from the start or if it's better to start from what I think people are most focused on, which is um, the sex. Like people want to know how it's sexy to you, how it's arousing, um, and a lot of my podcast has a lot to do with that. Uh, but I do think it may be better to have kind of a background in like, how does this start for somebody? Or what were the inclinations or clues you had that made you think that this was something that you wanted to do? Well, it started when I was very young. I was probably in oh, fourth grade or so. Um, and it was just, you know, my sister's clothes at the time. And, and you know, I, I remember actually being caught one time by my brother in, in her bikini, um, uh, in her bikini bottoms um, that I was wearing underneath my pants. And, and, uh, and he caught me, which was, a, which was a totally humiliating experience. But it was something that, you know, over the years I did um, 
early on, it was it was out of curiosity, and it made me feel good for whatever reason. It wasn't until sometime later that it actually became more sexual for me, in that it would be a turn on to, you know, wear pantyhose and panties and a bra, and you know, at the time when I started, um, all the you know, the internet wasn't around and all the products that were available for you to, to dress in weren't, weren't there. So it was, you know, stuff in socks and a bra and, and, and that kind of thing. Right. But it was still, um, at, at, at that time for me, it was very much sexual and it was very much about, um, uh, becoming aroused. Um, of course at, at a young age specifically just to masturbate. Um, but later it became something that, and I, and I'll say, you know, in my journey now, now it's more, I'll dress just to be somebody else. I'll dress just for, um, you know, to get a little bit more in touch with my feminine side. I'll dress for, I don't know, just because I want to. And it doesn't, and it doesn't necessarily always end up being sexual, though I've had lots of sexual experiences, which we can talk about as well. Yeah, um, I do think it's important for people to know that you don't live a life that really allows you to go around dressed like a woman very easily. And most people don't live that life. I mean, our society very much is about expectation management. And if you show up in a certain style of clothing and the next day you even go to a different fashion style, people think it's shocking and strange or if you change your hair, much less if you completely gender bend. So people should know that I think it's important that you are a professional with a corporate job and you wear a suit to work and there are expectations for your presentation. So you don't get to just pick a dress in the morning like someone that may be working at an LGBTQ community center could, you know? No, absolutely true. And, 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 you know, um, to be fair, most of my friends, I do have a few friends like you that, that do know, but most of my friends don't know. And, you know, it's really because um, it's part of my private life. And, you know, we, I, we, we don't go to work necessarily. Some people do maybe, but we don't necessarily go to work and have conversations about the sex that we had last night because it's a very private thing. And this is something that I keep private. That doesn't mean that I haven't been out because I have. In fact, Sarah, you've been out with me before when I was dressed and we went to a bar and had a great time and, and I really enjoy doing that and I, I really enjoy being in public, um, uh, but it's, it's as a different identity and I don't, you know, I go by my um, female name of Sandra and that's how I introduce myself and that's how I'm out and that's how I present and that's how, those are the conversations that I have is, you know, as Sandra and, and and that's great, but um, you know, I very much am comfortable with my male life and who I am. And and um, uh, while there has been times, of course, that you that you question where you want to be in your life, especially when you do this as a as a as a fetish to a certain extent, then then you question, you know, is this something that you'd like to be more permanent? Um, would I like to be able to decide I want to put on a dress and go to work? That'd be great, but that's not where society is today. And 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 I don't necessarily have to. Um, so yeah, uh, um, you know, comfortable, comfortable with who I am and, and where I am in my life. Of course, that did involve some therapy and it did involve, you know, lots of, um, for people in the cross-dressing community, there's, there's a um, term called, of course, binge, uh, well, uh, purging, right? So 
you you feel guilty about having done what you've done for a while and you and you and you throw everything away literally i've i've driven to a dumpster and with several garbage bags and thrown everything into the dumpster because i wanted it to be i wanted to be done with it and 3 days later you know i i i wonder is are those things still out there because boy they were expensive and i threw everything away and now I feel bad about not really understanding myself and appreciating myself. So, um, you know, a lot of people go through that and, and know that you do and know that it's a cycle. But for me, it kept coming back to the point that I realized it's just a part of who I am and it's okay. So the question I think that comes up for me is where does the feeling of guilt come from? Like, what does it want from you? Is the feeling of guilt, like society said, ew, ew, ew? Is the feeling of guilt, uh, my partner or partners can't appreciate this part of me? Is that like, what, what does it want from you? Well, it's a little, it's, it's a little bit of both, right? So my, um, uh, sadly, my, my very good friend, um, and a long time break now because of this, we're very friendly with each other. We've, we're very much understanding about the this and this side of it. And, you know, both of us recognize that it's not going to go away. And it's something that she didn't enjoy, wasn't her thing. Yeah, it certainly was mine. And, you know, got to the point in my life where it was not, it wasn't taking over, but it was, it was, it was an, an understood part of me. And it was an understood part of who I am. And, and I, I needed to be okay with that. And, and she wasn't, and that was, you know, a place where we agreed that, you know, in, in this case, we weren't going to, um, weren't going to find a, ha a happy medium other than to be separated. But again, we're very friendly with each other and we're, we, we still see each other several times um, a month and, uh, and everything's okay. Um, but it was, you know, um, I'm almost 55 years old now. And, and after, after trying to hide it for most of my life, I decided that this was time for me to be me. That makes perfect sense. Tell me about, um, obviously people who have fetishes a lot of time don't share those fetishes with the people that they're anchored with, that they make homes with, um, for many reasons, but largely because, you know, society said that's not how we should act. That's not what we should like. And, and we didn't really, start off the consensual relationship with those things most of the time we discover or kind of come into our inclinations when we're more comfortable with sex so it's hard to it's hard to sign someone up for your entire sexual life without really knowing what your entire sexual life will be like so um i guess the question becomes something along the lines of do you then give yourself permission to have two different sexual lives and a lot of times in a consensual setting, you know, um, or do you kind of live your life like I am both of these people, you have to date both of these people or do you split? Uh, so, um, so if, if it were me finding a relationship truly to get into a relationship with someone, they would have to, um, understand both sides of me and be okay with both sides of me. I mean, if we were going to get into a long-term committed, serious relationship, they would have to, they would have to understand and appreciate both sides of me. So would they both um, have to sleep with you? Would they have to sleep with Sandra and George? I, I think it would be important that they did. And if they didn't, that means that they weren't as accepting. Okay. 
So for you, acceptance feels like engaging in the sexual act together. Correct. So tell me what your ideal sexual scenario is as George. As George, I'm very much heterosexual, um, love women, um, uh, love everything about women. <laughs> um, uh, you know, sex, it would, it would, Sex for me as George is pretty much a male female role sex. I'm the male. Um, uh, now, that doesn't mean I'm open when I'm in the male role. I have been pegged before and I have, you know, um, played with lots of different kinds of things, but, it, but it's pretty typical male female sex from, from that perspective. What about as Sandra? As Sandra, um, Sandra is definitely bisexual. Sandra um, uh, enjoys men. Um, I've been in a couple of times with couples and that's been amazing. Um, with men, I am just playing the female role only, which is what I want. That's why I do this, is to understand what it's like to be the woman. Um, so I really don't like to have my clip played with. I really don't like, you know, that kind of contact. It's really more about, um, again, typical male, female um, intercourse. Yeah. Right. With a couple, um, I would probably consider myself, again, um, uh, in the female role. And of course, with the female, I am willing to um, penetrate her, not so much willing to penetrate the, the male. Um, although in that role, because of the erotic nature of being with the couple, at that point in time, if the, if the male wants to play with my clit, then that's okay. Um, that doesn't bother me because I'm usually also busy with the female at the same time as well. And there's just a lot of erotic everything going on and it's, and it's, and it's, um, it's pretty incredible. Yeah, that sounds really fun. So tell me... Um we've gone through like the specs of people and how the dynamic would operate, but how do you go about meeting people? So there's going to be listeners that tune in and think that sounds really edgy, possibly sounds like something I could be interested in trying out. But of course there are really tangible dangers to being the dude dressed in a dress, you know, like trans men and women are being murdered all over the world all of the time, simply for, you know, walking while trans. So what can you say about like finding a niche, a community where you could explore these types of things safely? So I've, um, I've met people through several different websites. So um, Adult Friend Finder, of course, and Adult Friend Finder actually has a, um, uh, uh, um, I don't know, another site called TS Date, so Transsexual dates, um, but it's pretty much just still Adult Friend Finder. Um, so I've met, I've met people through there. I've met people on, um, there's a gay site called Squirt that I really go there because they have a cross-dressers chat room. And I've got lots of, you know, over the years, I've got lots of really good friends on there. And what's interesting about that as a site is it's not often a conversation about sex. It's usually conversation of a group of people who all the same things and, and there's men that come into the room too because they like um, trans, transgendered or, or, or cross-dressing um, women 
Um, and um, it's, a, it's, it's a nice community where we typically get together and chat. I mean, as, in the same way that you would get together and chat with your, your high school friends on Zoom and you know, have a, a, a drinking party remotely because of COVID, we do that um, on a regular basis on, on squirt.com, um, or squirt.org, I'm sorry. And then um, uh, I mentioned FetLife. Um, also, Kick is a nice community that you can find um, rooms or groups of people with the same, um, again, um, kink, right? So um, I, I, I belong to a couple of cross-dressing rooms uh, on Kick, And again, same kind of thing. It's a community of people who um, are chatting and talking about things that they're interested in, not necessarily always just sex. Yeah, because that's, I mean, it makes sense. You develop friendships with people have similar interests than in you, but I talk about this a lot in my podcasts. Um, I like to surround myself by people who, with people who are open to kind of swapping partners and just open sexual experiences because I don't want to have to police my behavior. I don't want to have to police my words. I want to just exist. And sometimes existing means that I like to drink with my friends and see what happens. And if something happens, no one feels injured or vulnerable and it's actually okay. And we're all friends and care for each other. Um, and I think that those are some of the best tips for people in any kind of fetish community to find a tribe and be able to kind of exist fluidly, right? Absolutely. Um, and and of, course, of course, I've also gone out to bars where I've met, in, in fact, that's where I met one of the couples, was just out one night um, at a bar. We got to talking and came back and, and had sex as, 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 as three beautiful people, and it, was, and it was great. I've also got um, another bar that I go to that is, of course, you know, these are both um, transgender-friendly um, places, but um, the other one is just a great community, actually owned by a, a couple of transsexual women. Um, uh, and it's, it's, uh, it's become a great community of friends where I go in and they know both of me and, and they're, you know, they say hi to the appropriate person when, when I walk in and, and, um, and it's great to just, to just have that level of acceptance. And of course, in those environments, when you meet people that recognize where they are, even if I've met couples and, um, uh, single women and, and single men, who have been um, very, 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 very open and friendly and um, uh, would, would tell me how nice I look, which is always great to hear. And, you know, that, that, that feeling of, of acceptance is incredible when you've gone most of your life feeling bad about what you do. So yes, absolutely, without question, find a tribe because it'll, it will really open up um, your experiences and, and, and really make your life um, feel a lot less guilty for doing something that's harmless and something that you like to do. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know if you're aware, but you don't know if the words that you're saying right now can be the start of someone feeling less shame over something that they enjoy too, right? So acknowledge that everything we do, every conversation we have changes um, the language surrounding different events, especially in a world that we live in right now, where I feel like in general, you're kind of allowed to fluctuate and to explore a little bit more. Um, I do want to say, and we talked about this in our little like preliminary conversation, that not all people who dress in the opposite gender or in another gender are 
also exhibiting signs of being attracted fluctually sexually. So that doesn't mean that because you dress in a dress that you like to sleep with women or men also. Those things are completely different attractions. So your attraction, the way you carry yourself, your gender identity and your gender expression are completely separate than um, your sexual orientation. Even in your romantic orientation, there are people who can be attracted to someone of the same or opposite or fluid sexes and still not want to be in a relationship with anybody and be completely aromantic. And there are also people who are asexual, but are 100% romantic with someone of the opposite sex, for example, but would never like to have sex. So with saying that, what about people that are just interested in finding um, clothing and finding items to put on, prosthetics, because I know there's like prosthetic breasts. Um, I know pecker packers in the case of... Um, generally feminine people who want to wear masculine clothes with a bulge. I used to have a pecker packer for fun. Um, but what resources can you recommend for someone who just wants to very casually shop online, look up some stuff and maybe play around? So um, the uh, Amazon and eBay both are um, uh, amazing. Maybe not the best products and always a little bit I mean, you know, shopping online, right? The, the stuff that comes from China sometimes can take forever. Sometimes it shows up with the wrong um, quality. Sometimes it shows up completely the wrong size. So um, be careful and, and read reviews because they often talk about sizing and, and, and fit and those kinds of things. Um, but uh, I also, there, there's, there's several um, specific cross-dressing sites. So if you look up a, a company called Dress Tech, um, Dress Tech can sell you um, uh, silicone um, hip and butt padding, um, silicone uh, breast forms. Um, uh, uh, there is um, the breastformstore.com, which sells primarily breast forms, but also um, uh, vaginal prosthetics. So but, um, silicone pants that you put on that actually have a vagina on a, the, the shape of a perfectly formed vagina on the surface that also can be penetrated. And, um, uh, you know, even just wearing that under clothes, under tight clothes gives you a different kind of a look. And it, it that, um, you know, make, again, it gives you that more complete feeling. Um, I also go to uh, uh, online, I'll, I'll go to um, uh, glamourboutique.com. Um, and uh, it used to be called Suddenly Femme, it's now nfem. Uh, com, and those are, you know, um, a, a wider variety of, of clothes plus um, uh, prosthetics and other things that you might want, including makeup and jewelry and shoes and, and everything else. Um, shoes you can actually find pretty easily on online um, in, in larger sizes. I, I actually wear a size 13 women's, so um, while you think it's really hard to find, you still can find shoes in your size and sometimes pretty cute, although not designer shoes. Um, wigs I'll often buy online, but you know, I've, I've also, I've been doing this for so long, I, I really don't mind going out and, and shopping anymore. So I'll go to a wig store and buy wigs and eyelashes and I go to the drugstore and buy press-on fingernails and makeup and, and I just don't, there's nobody questions it, nobody thinks wrong of me, nobody thinks twice about me. I'm comfortable to go to Steinmart and Macy's and and 
you name it and just pick up a dress and walk to the front and buy it. And if they ever ask me a question, you know, do you, would you like a gift card for this or something like that? Because I'm buying it for quote unquote, my wife or my girlfriend or, you know, then I'll just say no and it's fine. And, and on, on rare occasion when they'll ask, you know, I, last time I bought wigs, um, uh, are you buying this for someone? No, this is for me. And I, I do this. And, and they said, Oh, are you, are you, uh, Drag queen? No, no. I but I go to drag um, uh, shows this way, and and uh, and it's that's just something I enjoy. And they go, okay, cool, thanks, and and um, that'll be fifty dollars, and you know, and you're done. And there's no, I mean, I, I recognize how scary it can be for people, but as you said, Sarah, this is a kind of a different time than what it used to be, and people are more open, and and you'll be, you'll you'll be happily surprised when somebody's very, very friendly about it. And it happens more often than you would think. I'd love to hear that. Um, I do think that, you know, trans people have always been among us. We just didn't pay attention before. And um, also we didn't demand that people disclose their genitals. I mean, we live in a society where we're supposed to be aware of our genitals and what they mean for our roles in life and never show them to anybody, but always wear clothing that absolutely lets someone know what our genitals look like. And the reality is that not all people have done that in it throughout history. And it is only recently that we have started having the conversation about whether or not we should demand proof for someone to, for example, use an appropriate quote unquote restroom or something along those lines. So um, this is not a new practice. It is newly accepted, and I would say newly encouraged. Um, but it is definitely an amazing time to be alive when it comes to fashion and hair and makeup and the kind of overall acceptance and exploration of that, especially given things like social media, TikTok, and Instagram with people with their amazing makeup transformations. So um, I'm excited about what can come. I have also gender bended in the past, gender bent. I'm not sure what the past tense is, but just for the sake of enjoyment, I think it can be really fun and funny and freeing. Um, and I do encourage people to try new experiences because life is way too dynamic to get bored, you know? Um, but thank you so much for sharing with us today. Do you have any final tips or advice that you would like to give to somebody exploring cross-dressing? Um, uh, uh, I would say um, if, if, if it's something that you're interested in, don't hesitate, try it. It doesn't hurt um, and you're not hurting anyone. So um, uh, enjoy it if it's your thing, just like all of the rest of the fetishes that you have on your podcasts. Um, uh, go for it. Why not? Uh, you know, unless, unless you, unless it's something that, that truly, truly, truly you determined that you don't like give it a shot. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time and for sharing and being open. I hope that it was a fun, amazing experience for you because I know that it'll be healing for other people and hopefully you get some of that healing back. Thank you. 
This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Haven Space by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Haven Space by Sarah. If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.